Welcome, Grace Classical Christian Academy, to another episode of Padea. I am Joshua Taylor, head of school at Grace Classical Christian Academy. In our mission and vision statement, we brought up the concept of a Christian worldview, and I thought it would be great to uh, go back and define this and kind of flesh that out a little bit. I have in front of me J. Gresham Machen's definition of a Christian worldview, and I thought I might just read it and offer some commentary on it. He begins by saying, The Christian cannot be satisfied so long as any human activity is either opposed to Christianity or out of all connection with Christianity. So right out of the gate, uh, Majin is um, giving us the theme of paideia, uh, which I believe really drives much of what we do here in classical Christian education. He continues, Christianity must pervade not merely all nations, but also all of human thought. The Christian, therefore, cannot be indifferent to any branch of earnest human endeavor. It must all be brought into some relation to the gospel. A helpful quote to explain this further is from Abraham Kuyper. uh, And he says, There is not one thumb's width in the whole domain of human life, which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. So a couple of examples might be helpful um, on the sports field or in the classroom or doing dishes. How are these things connected to the gospel? How can we see Christ's um, sovereignty over all creation in these menial tasks? How, how do we understand um, that everything is theological? One of the things we say around here at the school often is theology comes at your fingertips. We will cover uh, what theology is, why it's important in another episode, but essentially whatever we do, whatever we choose to do with our hands, with our thoughts, with our actions are all um, ultimately theological. How we see God plays out into our everyday lives. Machen continues, it must be studied either in order to be demonstrated as false, or else in order to be made useful in advancing the kingdom of God. At any given moment, what we do in our lives, are uh, it's bringing about the kingdom of God, or it is going in the other direction, because nothing is neutral. Everything we do is either for or against God, and there are no uh, in-betweens. There's nothing neutral. That means we should be intentional about everything that we say and everything that we do. He continues, the church must seek to conquer not merely every man for Christ, but also the whole man. You might hear pastors say oftentimes, um, we don't want to be Sunday morning only Christians or something something akin to that. And I think that's true. First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to, to pray unceasingly or to pray continually. And obviously that verse doesn't mean, um, you know, constantly being in prayer all day, every day, morning and night, but living a life of prayer, um, living our lives in a way that is a prayer to God, a praise offering um, as as we're being living sacrifices. And what that looks like also here at the school is we want to teach the students that everything they do should be intentionally devoted to God, um, thought out, intentional, in a way that is honoring to God, in a way that demonstrates that our work is worship. Machen continues, We are accustomed to encourage ourselves in our discouragements 
by the thought of the time when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. I, I like this section in particular because it is so hopeful. And Christians, there's such a propensity to, to be discouraged or uh, to lose hope because of what might be going around, um, going on around us in the culture, in our lives. But part of having a Christian worldview is understanding that God does work generationally, that there is hope as the gospel spreads throughout the world. There is hope as we restore civilization, that there are promises that God gives us um, to go out, make disciples, um, not in our own authority, but with the authority of Christ. And because of that, because God is the one doing the work, there is um, there is this expectation for us to to be hopeful and to look for um, or look to God in everything that we do. Machen continues, no less inspiring is the other aspect of the great uh, consummation. That will also be a time when doubts have disappeared, when every contradiction has been removed, when all of science converges to one great conviction when all of art is devoted to one great end, when all of human thinking is permeated by the refining, ennobling influence of Jesus, when every thought has been brought into subjection to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so if you're anything like me uh, and you heard this definition even twice or three times, you're thinking, okay, that's great, I'm on board. So what is a Christian worldview? So a Christian worldview practically speaking and defining it with just normal terms is is fairly difficult. It involves our entire framework, our assumptions, how we uh, you know passively interpret the world around us. Uh, what are our presuppositions? What are our assumptions? What is the lens by which we see the world around us with? For instance, if you are a Darwinian evolutionist, then your presuppositions, your assumptions as you're um, gazing at the world around you is that evolution is real uh, with a number of other things. Or as Christians, um, you take Genesis um, as literal. You believe that God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing, which can dramatically change uh, how you perceive the world around you. See, every person on the planet has a worldview. And because of this, the, the term worldview has become something that many Christians don't actually like the idea of because it, it can sometimes imply that there are many, many worldviews and all of them are on equal footing, equal standing. But I would submit that there is only one true worldview, the one objective worldview that exists, um, and that is from the, the, the perspective of God himself. And we as Christians, there is the expectation as we become more and more like Christ that we see the world around us more and more the way that God sees it. So that is to say, um, whenever a non-Christian sees truth around them and they can perceive that truth, um, that's not a part of their worldview. That's a part of the Christian worldview, the objective reality that belongs to, to the Lord, because all truth is God's truth. All truth belongs to, to God as the foundation of all, all truth. Going back to uh, Machen's quote for just a second, thinking about how everything must be brought into some relation to the gospel, 
I think oftentimes um, we minimize the definition of the gospel. Of course, the gospel includes the, de the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, but it branches out into every direction and is relevant to every aspect of human life. And we as Christians are extremely good at compartmentalizing things. So we might think, well, these are things that are religious things. These are, uh, the, here's an area of my life that is not particularly religious. And one of the things I, I think of first is I, I was talking to a, a man one time about politics and I started to bring up some some theology and you know, talking about how scripture speaks to some of these things. And um, and what was said was, uh, don't bring God into politics. Essentially, what is the overlap between be, between theology and politics? Which I think is a really great question because all of us um, have these inconsistencies. All of us have these compartments where we, we put Christian things over here and normal, regular um, things in this other box. And thinking about how we can see the gospel um, as permeating every area of life, I think is is pivotal um, as we grow closer to to um, conforming to the image of Christ as God changes us, changes our desires and our affections. So it might actually be a strange practice to ask some worldview questions to assess your own worldview. Like, how does driving to work um, have anything to do with the sovereignty of God or um, a theological perspective? Or how does building a cabinet or how does running plays um, for, you know, for these kids at football practice, how does that have anything to do with religion or theology or a Christian worldview? And I think some helpful principles in assessing that is because God is sovereign over all, because God is the foundation of all truth and reality, because in Christ all things are held together, how can we see everything that we do at all times as an aspect of our worship, an aspect of building out the kingdom of, of God? Um, how can we um, you know, essentially answer the question that Matt Whitling brings up in one of his talks on what is excellence? Is it for God? Is it our best? Is it for God? Is it our best? I think are two really helpful questions uh, when assessing, you know, is this a part of our Christian worldview? Is this a part of how God sees uh, the world around us? And if the answer to those questions is no, then how can we better understand how to conform those things to where we are, uh, we're seeing God as the foundation of whatever it is we're doing? I think that's a, a very uh, helpful way of thinking about um, how we process the world around us. So let's uh, consider a couple of examples of how a Christian worldview in, um, influences everything we see about the world around us. Well, for one, we see that there is a distinction between God and man. There is a, this creator-creature distinction that as creatures we are not gods, uh, essentially, we are powerless, that sort of thing. But also consider what happened in the Garden of Eden. All mankind fell in Adam. Because a Christian believes that there is this original sin that in Adam that all men have fallen, all men are sinful. We're, uh, the scripture says that we're born at enmity with God and we have this sin nature. We look around us and we answer the question, 
Uh, is man basically good or is man basically bad? This one question you know, changes how you'll understand virtually everything. Thinking about how that question invades uh, political thinking. Can we actually achieve some sort of utopian society where all men live at peace? Well, is man good or is man bad? Is man sinful or is man basically good? It just is a matter of how they are raised or uh, what cultural influences have affected how they were raised. Well, from a Christian worldview, speaking um, from the idea that man is at his core evil uh, and does sin continually, as the scripture says, there is no uh, end to the depths of depravity that, that man is capable of. And peace is only achieved um, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And this particular question, is man good or evil, um, overlaps into so many different areas. Well, also, how was man created? Back to thinking from an evolutionary standpoint, from an evolutionary worldview. Well, in evolution, there is no sense that God has uh, created man. Um, but on the other side of it, from a Christian worldview perspective, we believe that God has created man in his own image. And because of this truth, man is inherently valuable. So there's a reason why when it comes to politics, many people are one-issue voters uh, when it comes to pro-life or pro-choice or whatever, whatever side um, is popular. But uh, the value of man is that it, he was created in, in, in God's image, and that radically changes how we understand everything from missions, from the classroom, how we raise our children, to how we see the people around us, and the Great Commission, why there is a, um, this great need to share the gospel. Well, it's because man is born in sin and hopeless without God, but they're valuable because they were created in the image of God. So wrapping up this episode on Christian worldview, I hope some of these things were helpful in um, bolstering up your framework on how you understand who God is as sovereign over all, how um, his truth is, um, it permeates all aspects of our reality, how his principles and his promises are valuable for, uh, for how we develop our worldview, how we see uh, the world around us, the, the lens and the framework. So some closing thoughts here. How do we um, get better at seeing the world around us from a Christian worldview? Well, it's fairly simple. It's, it's through prayer. It's through meditation on God's word. It's through, um, you know, Sunday morning worship in our communities. It's through diligent um, study of scripture and seriously evaluating our life and our, all the little things that we tend to take for granted. And with that, I will leave you. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, I appreciate you taking the time to check out the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to learn more or if you want the definitions uh, from Machen, I have included them in the description notes. And with that, I will see you next time.